0: Welcome to The Therapist Collective, where we explore the depths of the human mind and heart. I'm your host, Josh Keller, and I'm thrilled to embark on this transformative journey with you. In a world that can often feel disconnected, our mission here at The Therapist Collective is to inspire, connect, and help you grow. Each episode is carefully designed space where we delve into the complexities of the therapist experience, offer guidance, insights, information, both personally and professionally. Whether you're seeking professional development, dealing with your own mindset challenges, or simply curious about how to build your career as a mental health provider, this podcast is for you. We believe that every individual has the power to create meaningful change in their lives, and together, we can unleash the immense potential that resides within us all. Throughout our journey, we'll be inviting experienced therapists, psychologists, and experts from various disciplines to share their wisdom, research, and perspectives. We'll explore a wide range of topics, including self-discovery, private practice startup, networking, mindfulness, continuing education, and so much more. But the Therapist Collective isn't just about expert advice. It's about the power of community. We'll be featuring stories of triumph, being real and authentic, and resilience from individuals like you who may have struggled through the labyrinth of life and emerged stronger on the other side. So, join us on this transformative journey of professional development as we navigate the realms of the mind and emotions, seeking growth, connection, and a deeper understanding of ourselves and others. Together, let's cultivate a community of compassionate providers, unleash our inner strength, and create a world where healing and growth are accessible to all. Hello, welcome back to the Therapist Collective podcast. I am super, super excited about my guest. She is actually my one of my coaches for my <laughs> private practice, uh, Dr. Kim, oh, I'm always saying your name right, Kim Grocher.
1: Grocer, yep.
0: Grocer, okay, mm-hmm. Dr. Kim Grocer, she's a psychologist executive coach, uh, yoga, mindfulness, meditation teacher, who helps her achieve optimal health and wellness by any means necessary. Sounds yes. aggressive. I love it. Um, <laughs> she is also the primary coach for the private practice startup, where she helps her fellow therapists start and grow their private practices. Um, currently practices in New York, New Jersey, Florida, and Maryland. Mm-hmm. Yes. Awesome! I'm so glad to have you here, Kim.
1: Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. Just one clarification. I just want to. Okay. Uh, I'm a psychotherapist by way of my license in clinical social work. So just okay. want to represent for my social workers. You know. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Awesome. Want to make sure.
0: I'm, I'm I'm developing a huge amount of respect for social workers. Just the mindset mm-hmm. that a lot of people have going into social work and the care for underprivileged and people who are you know generally oppressed um I know that's not everybody obviously but I I just Mm -hmm. love that that's what drives a lot of people to move into social work and the more I I get to know social workers through through this podcast and you know just my colleagues I so much appreciation for for you guys
1: thank you thank you social work is a special field yeah definitely that that system's perspective and understanding how the systems that we live in and work in affect us individually and how they play Mm -hmm. a role in our individual issues so whether we're working at that what we call like a macro level or what most of us psychotherapists do which is what we call micro like direct you know there's still Mm -hmm. so much interplay between both spheres and so being able to understand that and integrate that into the work with our clients i think is really special
0: totally Mm -hmm. totally okay but we're here to talk about private practice yes and you know why if people are on the fence maybe they're working in agency or they're doing something else and they're considering private practice why should they consider jumping into this and and how to go about doing that so can't wait to hear from you on that i want to take just a quick break so that we can have a word from our sponsor and then we'll dive right in
2: Are you preparing to take the National Counseling Exam and struggling to find study resources to help you feel ready? Look no further. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by nceexamprep.com, the premier study resource to help you pass the NCE with confidence. NCE Exam Prep has a 20-year track record of providing quality, reliable, and easy-to-use study material to help test takers know they are ready to pass. NCE Exam Prep's Guaranteed Study Package is a comprehensive bundle of resources with everything you need. The NCE Exam Prep Study Manual covering all eight of the k KCREP content areas, full-length simulated practice exams and chapter quizzes, testing clinic videos to help you learn not only what to study but how to take the test, as well as an archive of video lessons covering all the content from the study manual. Following NCE Exam Prep's recommended study plan comes with a full refund guarantee. If you still fail after following the plan, you will receive a full refund on your purchase. Use the coupon code Therapist Collective at checkout and receive 15% off your entire purchase. Don't delay getting your NCE preparation on the right track. Visit nceexamprep.com and pass with confidence.
0: Okay. So, Dr. Kim. Yes. In a word or a sentence, why should someone go into private practice if that's something that they're just kind of teasing out in their mind? Well, if they're if they're thinking about it, why do you why would you recommend it to them?
1: Well, I think private practice has so many benefits, right? So, first and foremost, thinking about the therapist in question, right? You get to design this business based on what you want. You know, based on your lifestyle, based on your your family and other obligations in your personal life, you get to decide who you want to work with. Um, you know, I think so many of us come up in a community mental health or agency type setting which I'm not knocking because I think there are a lot of benefits um, to working in those environments, but I don't know if the way they operate these days is sustainable Mm long-term. And I think a lot of us begin to fall into this mindset of like, you know, I must see a tremendous (laughs) number of clients (laughs) each week and this feeling depleted and not having time for, my life my friends my family my children my mm-hmm. whatever at the end of the week is just a part of this career that I signed up for and so if I'm really going to be this counselor psychologist social worker whatever that I said I was going to be this is this is a part of the job and so it's not about the money it's about giving of myself yeah entirely for the benefit of other people and I don't think that's a healthy mindset <laughs>
0: right yeah to put it plainly <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right don't hold back here dr kim no yep. uh, i agree and i love what you said about it not being sustainable long term mm-hmm. I, I know that there's people who want to be able to just show up to their job do the work and then go home which is not typically what happens if you're a private practice owner uh, it mm-hmm. can but you have to work really hard to get to that point just because mm-hmm. You know, you're a small business owner if you if you're doing private practice. So a lot of challenges there. But yep. the idea of grinding it out without having a whole lot of say so. Right. Um, that's that could be really discouraging. Exactly. And, and we don't want people to get um kind of disillusioned with with the you know, the counseling that they're providing because they don't like where they're working.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, something else you said, you you mentioned like diving in, right? And Mm -hmm. so that's one thing I want to kind of remind people is that you can dive in full time. You know, you can definitely quit your job, start your practice. um, Totally possible. But also, if that's not where you are right now, you can always dip your toe in. (laughs) You You can dip Mm. your toe in the water. You know, you can see what it's like maybe a couple of evenings or one weekend day a week, or depending upon your schedule, you know, you know, starting off with one or two clients. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I've got a friend who um, is leaving. uh, She's just left her work at the VA and that's something that she's really trying to find that balance, right? She wants to be able to spend more time with her kids as well. Um, But You know, she's, she's able to just work as much as she wants to. And if she Mm -hmm. wants to work more, she can. I've got another friend who, you know, he's really toiling with it, but in order for it to work for him, he has to go full-time. He's the Mm -hmm. primary or almost the sole wage earner in his family. And the idea of going from full-time agency work with full-time benefits to being all on his own, that's a little scary for him, right? Yeah there's a There's a lot of fear associated with with doing that, and what does that in between look like, right? We can't just yeah. put our job one day and have a full caseload the next day. So you mentioned mindset. how do we overcome that fear that might keep you from choosing to go out all on your own?
1: Honestly, I think the biggest. that we can do to overcome that fear is finding community Hmm. really being around other people who have done it who are doing it maybe getting some coaching I always like to use this metaphor when I was um younger well up until maybe about a decade ago I played soccer for many years and so one of the things I remember my high school coaches always telling us is always try to play with people better than you are (laughs) yeah Always try to play with people further ahead than you are because you're forced to play up. Mm -hmm. If you're just hanging back with people who are not doing it, who are, you know, maybe afraid like you are and just kind of, you know, like Mm -hmm. not telling you to get rid of those people in your life, not at all, but maybe starting to find people again who are on the path, who have done it to kind of talk to you about their experiences, how they've overcome things. So it Mm. starts to become a new normal for you. When something, when we are in a community of people who are just doing a thing, it's kind of like, oh, well, this is just the next step. We don't necessarily have to think about, well, you know, how do I do this? I'm the only one, blah, blah, blah. That that can make it a lot harder. So finding a community, um, finding coaching, um, can be really helpful with helping you to overcome that fear.
0: Yeah. Because chances are, the people that you are surrounding yourself with have been there, right? Exactly. They've, they've dealt with that. They've got a success story on the other side of it mm-hmm. that, that tell that can inspire you to say, okay, you know, if, if they can do it, so can I, right? Exactly. If, if Josh can go out on his own. <laughs> yeah. Anybody can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But that's a good point though. Right. Like, finding people with different circumstances too like you yeah. said you mentioned your two friends who have different realities right mm-hmm. um and so the path looks different for each of us so finding a variety of people with different life circumstances that are doing it to say like okay well if they can do this i can do this too
0: yeah yeah but i love the idea too that you mentioned about just surrounding yourself with people who are more advanced or further along or you know better in the you know in the sense of not Better as a person, of course, but just better, you know, they've got more business sense or they they've, they've got skills and areas that you want to grow in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the, the reasons that I've loved our our coaching group so much is that, um, you know, twice a, uh, every two months when we get together. I get to sit and, and listen, and I'm, I always walk away feeling like, yeah, I can do that. And that's part of where the Therapist Collective uh, came from, actually, mm-hmm. uh, Kim, was was a conversation that you and I had a couple months ago, and you started talking about podcasting and getting yourself out there, um, and certainly don't feel like I've arrived in any sense. This is just getting going, but um, without that nudge from, from you and from the others in the group, i you know, it may not have may not have happened. So and now I'm excited as we're as we're getting this going. So thank you for, for being the inspiration that, that brought this about.
1: <laughs> You're so local. I'm so excited to hear that that conversation inspired you. And this and this is what has come of it. So I'm very excited for you.
0: Yes. Yeah. So as as you work uh, coaching people who are wanting to get started, mm-hmm. uh, what do you notice some of the the most dominant challenges being, you know, when when you are helping people to overcome those initial steps, where do you find people getting stuck, the most discouraged? And then how do you help them to move through that? Uh?
1: Sure. So I think some of the places where people get stuck, definitely what we just talked about is mindset, you know, and fear and wondering if I can do this, how should I do this? Um, I know for a lot of social workers, I'm not sure if it's the same in the other uh, therapy and counseling professions, but, you know, there is a lot of judgment sometimes around going into private practice, you know, it's kind of like, well, you're, you know, you're not really serving all the people you said you would serve or we're we're supposed to serve, or I, you know, I would say um, what you think of when you think of social work, right? So uh, I think there's a lot of trying to overcome that judgment or realizing that judgment is really a myth. Um, There are a lot of different ways to serve people um, and a a lot of different avenues to do it. Um, So I think those are some of the biggest hurdles. Next up is what's the first step
2: Right. <laughs> like
1: exactly like what what yeah. do I need to be doing first am I am I getting clients am I filling out psychology today pages am I actually starting a business entity and yeah. how do I do that um is it the paperwork like uh who am I working with is it getting on insurance panels you know um Yeah, like what is what? What do I need to be doing first? I think then Mm -hmm. the next thing is, especially when it comes to marketing, thinking you have to do all the things. Oh my gosh, like everybody has a podcast. I have to do a podcast. I have to have all these directory profiles. I have to have this website. I have to have Google ads. I have to have Facebook ads. I have to be have a robust. Um, social media presence and then on top of that I have to have some type of Facebook group and I have to Mm -hmm. and it's like and so how do I do all this and see clients
0: (laughs) yeah right
1: end of my life
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I I'm guilty of chasing the shiny objects and you know wanting to do it all um, Mm -hmm. for sure
1: I think we all are we all are I definitely have
0: (laughs) yeah we 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 see something you know like um, one of the shiny objects that I chased, and, and immediately I uh, actually caught some flack from my my teen daughters. Like I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm going to be a TikTok therapist, and <laughs> I'm going to be doing these live videos." And I was inspired because I saw some guy doing them, and uh, it was funny. And I'm not a naturally funny person, I don't think, but I was just like, "Okay, I could do that." And so I downloaded TikTok. And my daughter had my phone. She's like, why do you have a TikTok? And I was like, well, oh, I was thinking of doing this thing. And and she kind of, you know, it was a little discouraging. But then I was like, I probably don't need to be investing in, in that right now. So I've got some other things going on. But yeah, I, I can totally see how the overwhelm of all the options and all mm-hmm. the things that, that could be really difficult.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So Going back, like you said, you asked me the second part of your question Mm -hmm. was how do I, you know, how do do you coach people to overcome it, right? How do you help them overcome it? So we talked a little bit about how to overcome the mindset stuff. Um, But with the getting started, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I often talk about is, you know, starting, I do think it's important to start with building your business foundation, right? So wherever you are, like because we're all in different states we're all in different jurisdictions finding out what kind of entity you need to have to have a practice right Mm -hmm. so i'm based in new york so you can start a practice in new york as what they call a sole proprietor right Right. so just you you have your uh license to practice and that's your independent clinical license Mm -hmm. let me make sure that's clear um to practice. And so you can get started with that, that enables you, but that's New Mm -hmm. York, right? It might be different somewhere else. And then also with, you know, having a business entity versus being a sole proprietor, there are certain benefits. So I think it's worth it to talk to an accountant or do a consultation um, with uh, an attorney in your area just to make sure that you're starting off on the right footing and it's not something you have, you, you know, you get far along and then you're having to backtrack and go and fix it, you know, cause then yeah. once you're kind of rolling, it's really hard to go back sometimes. Right.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and obviously that's going to vary, mm-hmm. you know, uh, state to state. I know here in Texas, they, um, for a long time, um, licensed marriage and family therapy associates Mm -hmm. could actually run their own business. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I got started in 2013. Mm -hmm. But then I decided to become an LPC intern as well, which they call it LPC Associates now. Um, But once I I finished that, I was no longer allowed to operate my own private practice. And so i had this business but i i couldn't counsel under it so i had to find a a site to sponsor and and the the rules changed depending on the licenses Mm -hmm. and that's changed now i mean um, they've just approved LPC associates to to be able to to have their own practice but you know that's a that could be a costly mistake if you jump on board without really researching what your you know state regulations and what your licensing board allow or don't allow
1: exactly
0: that's a really good point.
1: No, thanks for sharing that example. It is. I, and, and I really think that's the first step, you know, like like you said, figuring out the business entity, but also figuring out your licensure. Like, mm-hmm. uh, does your current license allow you to have a private practice in your state? Right. Yep. And if there are certain requirements for you to have a private practice, maybe you need supervision, maybe you need to mm-hmm. be under somebody else, like finding that out and setting that up.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's a good first step. Um, That way you're not putting in a ton of work on the business Mm -hmm. before you, before you even know, is this going to be a reality, Mm -hmm. you know, or am I going to have to wait two years before it it can be a reality?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Then I think the next thing is the malpractice insurance. So Mm -hmm. making sure you have some type of um, professional liability insurance. So, those first few steps are really if we're building a house, right? It's mm-hmm. like putting up your foundation and your, in your fence.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, I love that. That's a great analogy. Yeah.
1: Yes. Protecting yourself. Like what do how I are we need? are going to protect it? Exactly. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And once you've got that in place, that's when we kind of start building. Okay. What do we want this to look like? Right. right. We've mm-hmm. got the important parts in place. Now we can, we can shape it. Mm-hmm. How, how we're wanting
1: right the the, after those steps I think it's it becomes more simultaneous you know Uh so you might uh be doing a couple of things at um at one time so maybe you are sitting down and figuring out who you want to serve right Mm -hmm. who who you want to work with and that may not be very clear in the beginning and that's okay and I know we talk a lot about ideal clients and really niching down and understanding that somebody that's just getting started and really getting a feel for having their own clients it you know it may take a little bit before you get to that niching piece or you get to that ideal client piece and that's okay yeah um
0: yeah
1: what else I think um figuring out who you want to serve, figuring out how you want to get paid. So are you doing insurance? <laughs> right, that's a part are of piece. Yeah, that, and that is a whole podcast episode in itself. So I'm not going to say yay or nay, but like figuring out if you want to do insurance or you're going to be strictly private pay or you're going to be out of network and all those nuances. And I think that's where having community or a coach can be really helpful with mm-hmm. teasing that out. Figuring out where you're gonna do your practice. Yeah. Are you gonna be virtual? Are you gonna be in an office? If so, figuring out where that office is going to be, or if you're doing it virtually, finding a HIPAA compliant platform.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of logistics there and just the structure of it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I appreciate about uh the private practice startup mm-hmm. is that um Kate and Katie who, who run that, uh, that business. And they've got a podcast of their own, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. They're three 300 something episodes in and every single one is relevant. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that they always talk about is, um, having a good system in place. Yes. And so as you're, as you're doing these things and as you're, as you're building the structure, it's really important that, um, that you're figuring out a system that's going to work so that at, at whatever level of, of, uh, of entry point, you know, that your that your potential clients have, that there's a, a plan for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found when I was first getting started is I didn't have much of a system. And so it, as my business grew not having a system, it felt so cobbled together mm-hmm. and so like disheveled that, by the time it became too much and something wasn't working trying to overhaul you know it it was just a lot of work and so being a little bit of strategic uh, on the front end you know to know you've got a system in place what's your system for you know renewing your license how are you Mm going to be reminded of that Mm because i can't tell you how many times i've um like try to get my continuing education units in like the day that my renewal it was due yeah and I'm, I'm scrambling it's like okay get a system for you know incorporating these things that are that are routine so that every month I'm getting the hours so I'm not having to get 30 hours and 24 hour day It doesn't work right, doesn't work.
1: right. <laughs> exactly yeah. no having systems is so important and Uh, No, I love Kate and Katie and the private practice startup because of that, because they offer so many fabulous resources on getting started and getting their systems in place. And like you said, they helped you. They helped me, too, with really systematizing my practice in a way that I was able to walk into my practice full time. Yeah. It's my job. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. I do think that their podcast also contributed to the uh the shiny object syndrome too, because I've, I've listened <laughs> to a podcast and I'd be like, oh yeah, they make that sound easy, not realizing that there's a reason they're on the podcast is because they've spent years perfecting this. Exactly. Um, and so you really have to kind of weed out, okay, this is a this is a someday not yet type of project. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, having a system for storing those ideas for you to come back to later, I think is really important as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you store your ideas? <laughs>
0: how do I store my ideas? So I use Trello. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with Trello? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Trello. I wish it were HIPAA compliant. That's the only thing about it um, because I, I do use it for client inquiry tracking Um but we we code the the entries. So basically, what Trello is for uh, my listeners that may not know is it's basically a project management uh, system. And so one workspace is going to have multiple lists. And so I have a social media um, workspace where I've got you know things that I'm wanting to post and projects that I'm working on. I've got another workspace that I use for just you know, links and websites that I want to remember. I've got another one that I use for affiliates. You know, if I if I have a subscription somewhere and I've got an affiliate link, that way I can just quickly go and grab that. So basically, it's it's kind of like a like a file cabinet for storing all of the things that I don't want to have to remember. Okay. Um, I can just go to my Trello and it's right there, and I try to keep it all organized that way.
1: No, that's awesome. I love Trello. I love Notion. Um, I've tried Asana. I I um I like this was my chasing the shiny objects because mm-hmm. I love tech and I love apps yeah. and I love new things. And so I yeah. had to kind of step back from all of it. And so now I basically use my um Google workspace mm-hmm. because that is HIPAA compliant through my email. Yeah. Right. In my business, but um and, and Dropbox, you know, and Dropbox. I have a business yes. subscription to Dropbox. So between the two of those, that's what I use to kind of yeah. store my ideas, track uh necessary resources and tools and documents sure. and things like that. But I like yeah. your I like your Trello setup, but I'm trying not to as you're talking, I'm like, Oh, I wanna I wanna try. I wanna do-
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know. I'll give you my affiliate link. Okay. <laughs> no, it's it can be overwhelming, and that was the other thing that I realized is that chasing all these shiny objects, I mean, most of them are all subscription based uh-huh. right? And so it it may not seem like a lot to to add another you know one hundred and twenty five dollars a year you know product subscription, but those things kind of add up. and especially if you're just getting started, you really have to decide what's the most important thing right now. For, exactly. for what i'm bringing in and how much i need to take home to my family you know what's the you know what what do i need to afford at this stage of my business exactly. and that's i think that's difficult to know sometimes i mean the the last thing that i would give up is is my ehr um platform like if i had to stop paying money for for everything but one thing that would probably be it obviously my license and you know mm-hmm. the things that that are required to have, but um, yeah, I, that's that's what I would keep. Right? Mm-hmm. I I'd, agree. I'd let go you. of Trello if I had to, but can't get rid of
1: my EHR. Just want to clarify for people who are listening who may not be familiar with all of these or getting confused. So, sure. what we were originally talking about was like ways we kind of keep ourselves organized with our ideas mm-hmm. and kind of some right. of the business stuff on the back end. The electronic health record. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is a very important. I think first step, first investment is figuring out how you're going to keep track of your clients Mm -hmm. and their data and the paperwork. And so having a really good HIPAA compliant electronic health record is key for sure.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that the, the cost, um, of having something is totally worth it like Mm -hmm. when i first started i was i mean i have a a computer that i felt was pretty safe from hackers it was Mm -hmm. i had an encrypted drive and you know i was storing all of my files on that drive because i didn't feel like i could afford a hundred dollars a month or it's Mm -hmm. less they have they have plans that are less but um you know there's ways to do that it's just not very efficient and Mm -hmm. it's more difficult to keep organized and so I think I use simple practice because it, it really is pretty simple in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it just has it all. and has all the things right there that I would spend more time trying to configure, you know, a system on my own. It's just all built in.
1: Exactly. There's so many um, good ones out there. And I think it's, you know, I know a lot of people use simple practice and like it, Therapy Notes, mm-hmm. TheraNest, um, some other ones. I use Jane app. Which I am loving yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm.
2: okay.
1: uh, Jane app is a Canadian based company, but it's great so it's uh for therapists as well as uh physical therapists um okay. medical doctors um gotcha. chiropractors, you know so many different um helping and healing professions so yeah. But there are a lot of good ones out there. So we encourage everybody to go out there and find the one that works for you.
0: Find the one that works for you. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) of course. course. And, you know, there aren't any EHRs sponsoring this. So we can say, check them all out. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, man, yeah. As as we're talking through all this, I keep thinking, okay, we could do another episode on just that. We could do, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot here to cover. But I think coming back to, what are the basics, Mm -hmm. obviously, making sure that your business is legit, Mm -hmm. making sure that you're, you're on par with your licensing board. Mm -hmm. Those are, those are two non-negotiables. Right. And, and from there it's just structuring, structuring your business system in a way that's going to make sense for your clients to, to jump on board. And, uh, you know, ultimately it, it's about the clients. And so Mm -hmm. all of the marketing stuff, um, you know, if, if you had a flood of 20 clients come in in one week, mm-hmm. it, but you don't have a great way of keeping them organized, right? you're, you're not going to be doing mm-hmm. them um, a good service.
1: Exactly. It's kind of like going back to the house metaphor, right? Like right. Like you... Have this property now, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I want to have a party. How do I get people to come?" And it's like, first right. of all, you need to figure out where they're gonna sit.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what. walls?
1: Yeah, do you, you know. So, like, the question really is, okay, I, I want to get clients. What do I need to have in place to receive these clients? Yes,
0: yes, one hundred percent. Um, and and I think that that's it. Like, it's easy to chase the shiny objects Mm -hmm. because sometimes that's a little more fun than the the administrative kind of details of, Mm -hmm. you know, just how to to run it. Um, But it can be really overwhelming because there's so much out there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly.
0: But when you get to that point where you've got your system in place and you can start thinking about, okay, how do I get 20 new clients this week? You know, that's where we get into some of the more uh, involved and costly right. <laughs> type of type of things
2: possibly
1: costly possibly, possibly costly right possibly could... doesn't have to be yeah
0: that's right there's a lot of inexpensive or free ways of, of marketing yourself we may need to do another podcast episode on that
1: yeah like, if
0: you're getting started you know here here's how you can market for free mm-hmm. you know, what does that look like because there's there are a lot of options out there
1: exactly yeah
0: yeah okay So let's say somebody's, you know, they're, they're, they've got everything in place. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're a legit business. They've got their system. Um, How are you, how would you suggest that they maintain a healthy practice attitude beyond, beyond all the, the systems and the marketing and everything like that? Just the Mm -hmm. the day in, day out, you know, this is their job now. Mm -hmm. Um, If they've gone through the effort of creating this, How would you suggest that they work to maintain practice health? Their
1: practice health. Yes. Their individual health.
0: Their their individual health, their practice health. Um right, so it doesn't get it doesn't get overwhelming to burnout type mode.
1: Yeah. Oh, so many thoughts here. Okay they may not be in order so bear with me. <laughs>
0: okay, that's all right.
1: Well, one is I think first understanding the what your burnout symptoms are.
0: Okay, good.
1: Right, cuz burnout can really creep up on us. So understanding what that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Um and being aware, I think having your own therapist or coach or kind of uh or maybe it's a peer consultation group to kind of go to to kind of bring your burdens or bring bring the things that are on your mind that you're you're dealing with and helping you to kind of tease it out because private practice if you are a solo practitioner um can be quite isolating right which is different than working for an agency where if you were in person or even sometimes if you're working virtually you can kind of make appointments to meet with your colleagues. Or I know when I worked in agency, we were always going to each other's offices between sessions if we could just like, oh my God, you know, and that, Mm -hmm. and those things, they seem small, but they are so helpful for helping you relieve your stress and kind of reset. So figuring out who you can go to, who you can turn to, to kind of help you reset on a regular basis is really, um, I think, important also looking at your schedule and checking in with your body and yourself at the end of the day like how how many clients feel right to you so like i think a lot of us have been trained to see (laughs) you know we do what we got to do so we'll see however (laughs) many people we need to see a day right um we are trained to show up and give, right? But you also had to check in with yourself at the end of that day or throughout that day and see like what what feels right for you, you know, yeah. um, is this too much? Am I noticing that at the end of the day, I don't really have energy for my spouse, my kids, you know, the rest of my life, and I'm just always in recovery mode. So when I have what number of clients feels right? let me just play around with maybe having four clients today instead of eight and how does that feel right and and of course there's you know concerns about finances and how much you're bringing in and things like that and then that's where the conversation around your fees come into play
2: and also your
1: schedule you know what I mean um so are you working five or six days a week are you doing this two or three days Mm -hmm. so that and I and again that could be its whole episode, right? And that's really individual to the person, but I think looking at how much you're putting out every day and how that affects you and also how you're pouring back into yourself. So making sure you have hobbies, making sure you have outlets. This is above and beyond your therapist, your coach, your peer consultation group, right? right. But like right, what else do you have going on in your life that you can lean into? That's play, that's fun, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. That helps you de-stress.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I'm I'm so glad you mentioned that. And that was something that um, Libby and I were talking about in the last episode is, you know, surrounding yourself with people who are going to help you to grow. But I think also kind of what you're touching on is surrounding yourself by people who can maybe provide a little bit of accountability and check in with you mm-hmm. and, and or that you can just talk about, you know, this is, this is a real struggle or, you know, um, you know, help me see what I'm not seeing about, you know, what's not working right now. Mm-hmm. Self-care I think is really huge. And when we're trying to build something like a private practice, it's really easy to overextend creating this, this, um, the system because we feel like that's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And being able to come back and, and check is this really working for me? Is this serving you know the the larger goals? Is it sustainable? Uh, you know if if you're if you're thinking you know ahead, you know what if we did have twenty clients come in? Where do I? Where are those limits and how do I enforce those? How do I mm-hmm. tell people no? Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a conversation with my my assistant this morning. There's somebody that's trying to to get scheduled and they're, you know, wanting me to open some appointments up on Saturday or Sunday or late in the evenings. Sometimes when I, I just can't. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's hard saying no, because I was really looking forward to working with them. But if I start compromising on those things, where does it end? Where exactly. does it stop?
1: Exactly. No, you could, you know, um, you could. Yeah. but you can't for other mm-hmm. reasons. And I think sometimes, even if you can and you don't want to that's a good enough reason
0: <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah yeah and and what gets communicated with the clients is it's maybe like... a separate thing right mm-hmm. but um because there's there's i want to and i'm willing to and those are mm-hmm. two different things mm-hmm. um sometimes too so exactly yeah. No, I think that's a, that's a great answer to to that question about keeping your practice healthy. Is mm-hmm. you know ultimately we're talking about boundaries, which of course we teach our our clients to have, but um, modeling that and and doing that in our own lives equally important. Exactly. I've had some twelve-hour days where I saw twelve clients, and it it's awful.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I know for me. I I I have some colleagues who can do it and and do it well and that works for them but for me sure. that is not sustainable.
2: No, that is not, not
1: that I I cannot I I cannot.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's way beyond my limit. So yeah. Yeah. so understanding and respecting your limit is important.
0: Sure.
1: sure. Um and understanding that just because you have white space on your schedule mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it needs to be filled.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's such good advice. Mm-hmm. I like the way you put that too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, very good. Okay, this has been so awesome having you here. And you've shared some really uh, wise words. And, you know, I hope that people listening, you know, who are thinking about this feel inspired. How can people get in touch with you if they're interested in asking more questions, or if they they want coaching from you? Is is that an option? And and what's the best way to go about doing that?
1: Sure, definitely. So I coach therapists through the private practice startup. So they can reach out to me at coach at the private practice startup.com. You can also go to the private practice startup.com and click on coaching and all my information will come up there. So yeah, do the for therapists i go that route for other professionals i uh work in my private practice Mm -hmm. you know my private coaching practice um and so that is kimberly bonds grocer g-r-o-c-h-e-r dot com so you can uh, visit me there yep
0: perfect awesome well thank you so much again for joining me on the show and i look forward to having you back again sometime i hope that you'll decide to join us
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Josh. I'm so excited for you. And I was very happy to be here today.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on The Therapist Collective. We hope this episode has ignited a spark within you and left you with newfound inspiration, connection, and a sense of growth. Remember, the journey of professional discovery is an ongoing one. Take the insights and wisdom you've gained here and apply them to your life and career embrace the power of vulnerability, seek support when needed, and continue to cultivate a deep understanding of yourself and others. We'd love to hear from you, our incredible listeners. Share your thoughts, reflections, and stories with us through our website and social media platforms. Your experiences and insights can help create a ripple effect of transformation in our community. And finally, remember that growth is a collective endeavor. Together, we can create a world where mental health is prioritized where empathy and understanding are the foundation of our interactions, and where each individual is empowered to embrace their true potential. Thank you for being part of the Therapist Collective. Until we meet again, continue to inspire, connect, and grow.